Hello and welcome to this month's Archimedes with me, Bob Phillips. Archimedes, as you may be aware, is the evidence-based medicine section of the Archives of Diseases of Childhood. It's made by people, real clinicians, looking up the evidence behind clinical questions that present to them in their everyday clinical lives. They go away, search the literature, appraise what's there, and come back with a summary of that evidence and a clinical bottom line, a conclusion to take on in practice. It's our way of trying to make evidence-based medicine something that everyone can do and can learn from, and can share those bits of information that we might not have wondered to ask, or we've asked a number of times but never been bothered to go and look up ourselves, or always assumed we knew the evidence for but didn't really know whether that was right or not. One of the things that we also do in the Archimedes section is look at the art of critical appraisal, taking papers and having a look at them and trying to draw out what's good and what's bad about them. This month we're thinking about heterogeneity, that is mixed upness, in the setting of a systematic review. Heterogeneity is the idea that things are a bit different than each other. And you can think about it in a couple of ways. Firstly, you can think about it as a clinical concept. How clinically different are the studies that you're trying to combine? And you can also think about it in a statistical way. How much do the studies that we're looking at look like they vary beyond you would expect by chance? The idea behind that is that particularly within meta-analysis, what you're doing is summarising or getting a weighted average for all of the studies that you're putting together. The standard way of doing meta-analysis, that is a fixed effects meta-analysis, assumes that the, the things being drawn together are just different by chance alone. So if you have an assessment of how much that is beyond chance, then you get an idea about whether you really do need to draw these things together or whether actually they're a bit too different and coming up with an average is a little bit meaningless without some careful interpretation. That's the statistical concept. The clinical concept is the idea of is it reasonable to draw these things together? Now, there is, of course, the old argument that meta-analysis is the combining of apples and oranges to come up with something utterly meaningless. But just because something's a bit different, does it mean it's really different? For instance, if you're thinking about the use of antibiotics in meningococcal disease, does it really matter if the patients are one-year-old, two-year-old, three-year-old, five-year-old, if they're girls or boys, if they come from Canada or Wales or even Scotland, will it really matter and make a difference? They are heterogeneous in the sense that they're mixed up. They come from different places. They speak different languages with a different accent and they're all a different size. But does it really matter to the question at hand? That is, if the antibiotics work or not. You see, heterogeneity in this setting means the differences that might actually affect whether the treatment works or not and whether it's reasonable to combine that or not. That's not a statistical question. No statistician can give you a reasonable answer to that. That's something that you've got to bring together all of the information that you have and your clinical expertise. That's where evidence-based medicine really takes on its power because it isn't just taking a trial and putting it into practice. It's those three things of clinical expertise, research, the best available research, and the patient and the patient's values that sat in front of you. Heterogeneity needs an assessment in the same way. You need to think about how much are these clinically different, what's the statistical heterogeneity, 
and then think about transferring that into practice. Now, the question that we have this month comes all the way from Australia, where a group of paediatricians out in Perth, in Western Australia, were confronted by the question of the mother of a child with autism, who had come to them asking about whether probiotic supplementation would assist in her son's development. They went away with the question, in children with a proven autistic spectrum disorder, does supplementation with probiotics compared with placebo or no supplementation improve behavior, which is the particular thing that was interest here, in the short term? So they weren't thinking about years and years, but in the few months afterwards. They went away, searched a, a host of clinical databases, including Cochrane and Medline and Sinal and Embase and Science Direct and a whole load of proceedings trying to find abstracts that were published. And they came back after an exhaustive search with just four studies. Those four studies included one single randomized controlled trial of crossover design with 62 patients in it and three other studies, two of which were cohorts of 22 and 10 patients and one of them a case control study comparing those patients who had been given probiotics to those who hadn't. The trial showed very little difference at all. The cohort studies showed a small difference in ability to concentrate and the case control studies were not well reported enough to really tell whether it made a difference or not. It was a very high dropout rate in the trial though and it's thought that this might be one of the serious flaws that means that those patients who felt that there was a benefit were more likely to carry on and give results rather than those who felt there wasn't a benefit and so dropping out giving a falsely elevated even though it's a small improvement for the probiotic arm. Whilst they've said that there is some form of animal evidence that this might be reasonable, when you draw all this information together, what you get is a very, very uncertain situation. It doesn't look very strongly that patients with autistic spectrum disorders and behavioral problems will benefit from probiotics, but there isn't clear evidence to rule it out. So their bottom line is that they do not recommend it as currently supported by the evidence to prescribe to their patients. We receive lots of Archimedes questions and they go through a strict filtering process before they get out to us. If you've got a clinical question that you're not sure what the answer is, why don't you start looking up the evidence and email us at info.adc at bmj.com and we'll get back to you to help you develop this some more. We look forward to hearing from you and we'll speak to you next month.